0: you so much for being here this morning as we continue to be in God's presence we have to know one thing from this morning when I was in my meditation and my prayer God was asking me and yesterday night while I was spending time in God's presence God was asking me to tell the church to speak it out to speak it out and this morning that's what we heard from Pastor Ravi as he was ministering in our Malayalam service what you believe you should speak it out you should speak it out. And sometimes I hate to see that. I honestly, Sunday morning, I don't want to use the word hate. But honestly, I want to mention it here. I hate to see that when people put your hands in the pockets and stand here while the worship is happening, what God wants us to do is to join in the proclamation, to join in the proclamation and declare the wonders of God in this house. When you do that, when you open your mouth to pray, you know, sometimes people tell me, Pastor, I don't know how to pray. Can I tell you, you may not know how to pray in the language that people may speak here, but when that happens, speak in tongues. When that happens, you're actually making an intercession for your own self. Speaking in tongues, you're making an intercession Session. you're diving into that atmosphere and you're letting heaven or God I am ready this atmosphere is ready and I am requesting every single one of you practice the presence of God praise the Lord Next Sunday, I shouldn't be forcing anybody to lift up your voices to praise or lift up your voices to pray. When the atmosphere changes, I declare and decree in the name of Jesus that when you proclaim things are about to happen, what you don't see in the natural, you will above to when you start speaking out about it. Speak it out. Hallelujah. What are you about to speak out in your life? What are those words that are going to come out of your life this morning? Look into your situation of today and call it out for tomorrow. And my God is a God who never changes. His word never changes. What He says will come and pass. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Stop doing the church stuff, guys. Stop doing the church stuff. Get excited every time when we come to God's house. Get excited. Get excited. Last week I was talking to one of our pastors, and I told, "This is Zion Church. Every time, every, every day, something new. We don't know. We don't sit back in our old stories. Good. We had old stories. Good. We have good history. Good. The, all the past experiences that we had. But I don't. I personally, I'm a person. I don't linger around those past experiences. I'm praying God something new today, something new today for my today's life. I cannot just hold on to what happened yesterday." Today is a new day. Every day is a new beginning. And my God can do. Sit here with an attitude of expectancy. Today, a newness in my life. Christian, are you ready for that? Whenever you guys come to church, sit there. Come to God's house with a heart filled of expectancy and excitement that today is a new day to receive from God. Hallelujah. 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 How wonderfully and correctly Pastor Ravi mentioned this morning saying that some people come to church and they say, church is not doing anything. Church is not giving anything. What are you doing for the church? (laughs) How true, right? How true. I hope these words ring in our ears and mind. And as we go back home, what are we doing? So that the church becomes a place of excitement. So that the church becomes a place of fellowship and joy. What are we doing? 30 minutes we come here and we walk out that our peace is drained out. Our joy is drained out. What are you doing? You're killing yourself, brother. You're killing yourself, family. Be in a place where there is abundance of joy. That we can rejoice together. If not in the house of God, you cannot rejoice anywhere else. Practice rejoicing here. You know what? Countenance is a very good thing. In in, in the Old Testament, you see, if a person walked into the chambers of the king with with a bad countenance on their face, the king will actually kill them. The king will kill them. And that's why, and that's why Nehemiah, when he walked in front of the king, the king asked him, Nehemiah, why is your face? Count Why are you worried? What's wrong? Countenance is so important. So when you come into the house of God, you may work three jobs all night. You may work too hard and you wake up late. But when you are in the house of the Lord, have a heart filled with gratitude and thankfulness. Lord, I am here just because of your grace and your grace alone. Nothing else I can boast about, oh Lord. Praise the Lord. Last week, um, Myself, Biju Uncle and uh, Roy Uncle, we visit a, hospi- a, a friend of ours in, 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 a, in a hospital. That's when I realized, that's when honestly I preached about it, but that's when I realized the importance of how and what happens if you just beat, if you just miss your breath for a second. We met and we prayed for a person who was sneezing, and something happened. I forgot the medical terms of that, but something happened that, you know, she had, you know, lost the breath control and she had to be, you know, she was taken to the ER. Just in a matter of seconds, she she sneezed, and something happened that our breath collapsed. She could not breathe properly. What I'm suggesting here, guys, is that every single moment that we have in God's house, Don't take it for granted. Let him know, God, I am thankful. Let everything that has breath praise the name of our God Almighty. He has given breath in our nostrils so that we can praise His holy. Are you with me, church? Listen to me very carefully. Are you with me here? Praise the Lord. Everything that has breath has to praise the name of God Almighty. How blessed we are. How blessed we are that we have a roof above our head. How blessed we have that we have so much good things around us. We are a blessed church. We are a blessed family. Turn to your neighbor and say, I am blessed. I am blessed. Turn to your neighbor. I might be forcefully asking you to do this. But turn to your neighbor, the other neighbor and say, I am part of a blessed church. Come on, do it. I am part of a blessed church. Put a smile on your face and let them know I'm part of a blessed church. Even if you don't believe it, I'm saying this is a blessed church. Come on. The Lord just asked me to say this and I'm going to do it. This is a blessed church. And every devil who thinks otherwise, you are out of this place. Come on. Every devil that thinks otherwise, you have no role in this place. This is a blessed church. I declare and decree. This is the house of the Lord. I declare and decree. This is a blessed house. Praise the Lord! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! Last weekend was powerful, powerful to see how God was moving in the midst of a generation. It's, it was so powerful to see how God was good in both the Malayalam and the English part of our conference. Um, and the grace of God was so powerfully witnessed. Um, and I'm thankful that the church supported me in the leadership as i was leading the the uh, uh, as the the youth director for the AGF conference last year the church supported me every single you know some of our guys came down or uh, i think on friday night and they told me pastor we are here if anything falls back we will take care and thank you they didn't do anything much but <laughs> they were there to emotionally support me uh, thank you so much and i'm very grateful for the houston local team who worked hard um your boy is now selected as the, um, what is it? What is the title? Joint convener for <laughs> next year's conference in Oklahoma 2020. Um, it was just the grace of God. And I was t- t- talking to Anisha after last week's phone call that, you know, even the, I'm not going to reveal his age. <laughs> but even among all the youth directors that are present, I am the youngest joint convenor to be appointed. And uh, I'm so filled that this is just the grace of God. This is just His grace. Because I was remembering, you know, this is selected as the joint convenor for um, Oklahoma. It was just five years ago. I visited the first AGIFNE conference in Oklahoma City. Nobody knew who Justin was. Nobody knew who, uh, uh, you know, what is happening, and nobody knew. And somebody recommended my name from Arizona Church. I'm always grateful to Brother Sunny uh, Kurwila in uh, um, Arizona Church. He recommended, and I asked them, "Can you just allow Pastor Justin to speak for some time?" And uh, the, the leadership back there in Oklahoma back then were gracious enough to ask me, Pastor, would you come and lead the Friday night service? And Anisha was showing me pictures from what happened, I think, five or six years ago. We were students at Missouri and uh, drove down to Oklahoma to witness the AGI FNA conference. It was just five years ago, and I see, over uh, my life, I just see the handiwork of God in everything. And I'm always grateful. I never forget the humble backgrounds That the Lord has given. And I pray that wherever the Lord takes. I pray as a young servant in the house. I pray that wherever the Lord takes. Lord humble me. Yesterday night's word that Pastor Ravi spoke in this house. Spoke to me very clearly. Brokenness is good when it comes from God. It's for you to humble ourselves. I repeat brokenness is good when it comes from God. It is so that we humble ourselves. Sometimes we think with the talents that you have. With the money and the influences that we have, with the job status that we have, we think I am something bigger than what I think. But can I tell you, it is the grace of God that we have what we have in our life. Never forget to remember the humble background that each one of us have. I don't forget the humble background. This morning I was, you know, I'm going to talk to that guy later, but this morning I was talking to somebody else, and I was questioning myself. Right, I was questioning myself. I remember the days that I had to cycle almost 18 kilometers to go to church. And I I did that when I was 17, 16, 17, 18, 19 years of age. My friends had a bike. I did not but I rode 18 kilometers just to be at my church and I was there early enough so that when I lead worship people don't see the sweat on my shirt but people just see that I am ready and prepared and I am here. I could do that and I was there early in the morning sweeping that place. I was there late after church to clear out and clean the bathrooms. I have not told my stories here. I don't want to. But I tell you guys, I tell you something. There is so much preciousness when we serve God. It is awesome in His sight. Take every opportunity that you have to serve Him. Don't look for finances. Finance will come. Don't look for positions. Positions will come. Don't look for better stage. Stage will come. It's a humble. I have, I know last week I was with another pastor and he said, Pastor Justin, where the Lord wants to take you, you have not even began. And I am thankful and I know one thing for sure. My season here at Zion maybe for a year or two or three. I don't know. As long as I am here, I want to serve faithfully in this house. But I know one thing for sure. There is something bigger and greater that the Lord wants to take each one of us together. And I am here in this season and I'm spearheading this movement and I pray, Lord, Lord, I pray as we, each one of us, humble ourselves. I pray, Lord, your kingdom will come and it will be on earth as it is in heaven. That's what we cry out for. That's what we pray. I want to bring your attention towards a scripture. And it was, even though Pastor Ravi had a different scripture speaking this morning, we didn't talk to each other about it. But still, it is along the same lines that I want to speak for the next couple of minutes. Genesis chapter 26, verse 12 to 17. Genesis chapter 26, verses 12 to 17. It's a very interesting story here, which talks about Isaac planted crops in that land. And the same year reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. The man became rich. And his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. He had so many flocks and herds and servants that the Philistines envied him. So, all the wells that his father's servants had dug in the time of his father Abraham, the Philistines stopped up, filling them with earth. Then Abimelech said to Isaac, Move away from us. You have become too. Powerful for us. So Isaac moved away from there and encamped in the valley of Gerar where he settled. Isaac reopened the wells that had been dug in the time of his father Abraham, which the Philistines had stopped up after Abraham died. And he gave them the same names his father had given them. Listen to me very carefully. We have read the scripture here. I was reading from Genesis chapter 26, verse 12 to 17. If you're writing it down, write it down. Genesis 26, verse 12 to 17. We know the scripture very carefully. We, we have read it so many times, so we know the scriptures. But here's a story that talks about now Isaac planted crops in that land, and the same year he reaped a hundredfold. Why did he reap a hundredfold? It talks of because the Lord, repeat after me, the Lord blessed him. I want to give you, bring your attention towards the beginning of chapter 26. It begins with, there was great famine in the land. There was great famine and the same famine had happened during the time of Abraham. And it is the same generational famine that has come in the time of Isaac. So as you begin with chapter 26 verse 1, listen to me, look here, look here. When you read the scriptures, you understand there's a famine in the land and in the midst of the famine, Isaac does something that nobody else will ever dare to do it. He said, I am going to sow the seed anyway. I know the situation will call out. There's famine in the land. I know the situation will call out that you cannot yield any crop this year. I know the situation suggests that there is drought in this land. There is no water supply in this land. There is no good thing that will come out even if I sow. But one thing I'm going to do because I believe in the promise of God that those who sow in tears will reap in joy. And this morning my message to my church is no matter what your situation or your surrounding looks like but sow the seeds of faith and in due time God will bring forth the harvest. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. For any farmer to sow seed he looks at the climate and only after that I am not a very agricultural person. I don't do anything with dirt. My father-in-law, when he was visiting, he got a lot of seeds from Walmart, Home Depot, different places. He sold a lot of seeds last time. And then after a couple of months, a couple of weeks ago, when I walked outside my backyard, that's how I go to my backyard. I walked out, I see a big forest. I'm like, what is happening here? And in between that, I see some paravalanya, some pavakya, some different other stuff. I don't know if I'm saying it the right way, but I see different fruits. Why? Because there was water supply close to it and it could grow. Are you with me? It could grow. During the time of Isaac, we see the climatic condition was so different that even if he saw nothing good is going to come out of it because that's what every other people in the Philistine were doing. They sow seeds and nothing was coming out of it. But Isaac decided one thing. If the Lord has asked me to come to this place, he will never let me die of hunger where he leads he provides and if he's a provider God and he has led me to this place I will not die of hunger my family will not die of hunger if the Lord has given seeds in my hand I am going to sow those seeds and I know for sure before this year ends the Lord is going to give me a bountiful why because it is a hand of God that has led me to this place whom am I speaking to help me preach this message brother church. The seed that God has given in our hand. Praise the Lord. Some of us are walking with the seed just in your pocket. Some of you are just walking with the seed with just shut mouth. You cannot sow until you have dug the ground you cannot sow until you have done the work you till the ground and then you sow the seed what am i talking about today you know whatever you do to edify your spiritual life is 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 tilling the ground so that the work of god will happen in your life praise the lord praise the lord how many times have you self decided to fast and pray not when the church has asked you not when the church schedule has asked you, but how many times have you self-decided that I'm going to fast for this season in my life? You know what you're doing? You know what? You're not arm-twisting God, but you're preparing yourself. Are you with me? Praise God. Last year, I mentioned this during one of my sermons, the breakthroughs never come in drive through A lot of us want breakthroughs to happen in drive through Two hours in God's presence, two songs, one message. Hallelujah, I receive it. No, it's not going to happen. How have you prepared yourself? How have you prepared? Are you with me? How have you prepared yourself? Now, Isaac was in a place of great drought. Isaac was in a place of great famine. But it did not stop him from digging the area it did not stop him from tilling the ground it did not stop him from sowing the seed what was he doing he was just preparing so that the lord can do once you do what you can do the rest give it to the hands of god and he will do a greater better thing and but all you have to do is do what the lord has asked you to do what are you doing church Praise Lord. Two weeks ago, I was sitting in my office and I was praying and the Lord told me, walk out of your office, step outside and walk around the city and claim it. I just walked around like a fool. People thought I was a fool. It's okay. Fool in the sight of men, but he considers me as somebody else. I am thankful what what the Lord looks into my life, not that what people. Sometimes when we come to the house of the Lord, we are like, what will people think if I raise my hand and worship? What will people think if I come down and kneel down at the altar? What will people think? You know, you are always thinking about what will people think? You will die in the opinion about people. Forget what people have to think. Do what your heart says in the sight of God. Do something. And let me ask you, this week, do something that changes heaven over your life. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. Isaac knew it was a famine. Isaac knew it. There's nothing good going to come into this place. But one thing I know, if the Lord has given the tools in my hand, if the Lord has given the seed in my hand, I am not letting it say in my sackcloth forever, I'm going to sow it. And this year, I'm going to receive a hundredfold. Hallelujah. Praise Lord. You don't have to worry. How the crop, how the seed is going to germinate and grow. All you worry, prepare the ground, sow the seed. If you can prepare the ground and sow seeds in your life, God is the one who makes it to grow. Praise Praise the Lord. So I'm asking our church, I'm asking our church. I know when, when I'm doing that, I'm asking our church, this season in our life, Make some commitments in your life. Make some, have some convictions in your life. That Lord, this season in the walk of our Christian life, in my personal life, I'm going to decide, Lord, that I'm going to spend these hours in your presence. Father, this day of the month, I'm going to sit and just, just fast and pray. You're not doing it to receive something from God. You're doing it to edify yourself. Clean the junk out of your life. Come on. Clean the junk out of your life. And during the fasting and pray, come closer to His presence and then let you know, God, I am preparing myself so that when I sow seed, my seed doesn't fall on a rocky ground. My seed doesn't fall, oh Lord, in a, in a place where the birds and the animals can graze upon. But my seed falls on a good ground which will yield the fruit that I am waiting for. Hallelujah. Isaac, Isaac planted seeds. And the same year, he received his blessing. Why? Talks about and the Lord blessed him. No matter how much hard work you do, if you don't have the blessing of God in your life, you will never be able to make it. I was mentioning last week, and our sister came up to Pastor. You were talking about me. That I know people who work three jobs in our church. They work too hard, but they have so much joy than somebody who just works twenty hours a week person who works around 60 hours a week has so much joy and peace within their family than somebody who just works 30 hours. They have no joy. Why? Because the Lord has not blessed you. You cannot be a blessing until the Lord has blessed you. Your work will never earn you. I mean, you may earn more, more dollars, but that that's not, the money is not all the blessing. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. The blessing of God is the peace that comes in your heart. That you're satisfied. That you're content with the, what the Lord has given you. Even though you just make a couple of hundred dollars a week. But you're satisfied. Why? Because it is a blessing of God that has come into your life. And for, for, for Isaac, we understand. He was just preparing the ground for the seed to be sown. But Bible t- talks, tells us, Bible clearly mentions it. And the Lord blessed him. So guys, if you study, you do your part. And ask the Lord, Lord, bless my education. If you are working, doing an internship, pray, God, I'm just doing my internship for 10 hours a week. But Lord, I want you to bless me. And He will bless you in that. If you're running a business, Lord, I am putting everything that I can into my business. But I pray, God, that you will bless my business. When you start partnering with God, you see you rising up from the normal that I pray that a new breed of people who are walking close to God will rise up in our churches. Not that you're not doing, but one more step closer to Him. Not that we are not there, but one more step closer to Him. Why? Because even in the land where it is filled with famine, even when there is drought, but can I tell you, if the Lord has led you to that place, you will never die of hunger because it's a provision of God over your life. People around you might, The entire Philistine didn't have anything, but Isaac started growing. Isaac started growing. But here is what I wanted to bring your attention to us. The enemy is after anything and everything that has the potential to give birth that's exactly what pastor Ravi ministered in our Malayalam service and I wrote it down yesterday night as I was praying and sitting in God's presence the attack is always against anything that can bear fruit or that has which or that which is the source of everything Amen. the enemy is attacking anything and everything that is the source of something new to come out of in your life praise the Lord Just look into your own life. Let's look into our own life. What are the areas where the enemy has attacked us? What are the areas where we have lost the joy and peace? It's because something good could have come out of that place and the enemy is out behind at the source. And here in the story, we understand, you know, for any agriculture to thrive, any any agriculture to prosper, any land to prosper in their agriculture, you got to have good water supply. Without that, it doesn't work out. So what happened was Isaac, when he was showing seeds, what he did was he sowed seeds around the areas, you know, where his father Abraham had already dug the ground and there was a well. So basically he was sowing seeds knowing, uh, you, know, you know, he was around the closest water supply. Are you with me, church? But what happened? The enemy noticed where the source is. And what did they do? They came. Because they were filled with so much envy against the blessing that God was given into the life of Isaac. They put mud and earth into the well. What they were trying to do? They were trying to get rid of the source from where he was bearing bless. Are you with me? Are you with me? Praise the Lord. Water is a source of life. People perish and die without water. And that's the, that's the exact same thing what the enemy understood that Isaac is growing and growing and becoming more powerful or the Lord is blessing because he's close to the water supply. He's close to the well that his father had dug. So the only way to get rid of Isaac's blessing or the only way to destroy Isaac in this situation is to bind everything that has the potential to give life. Are you with me, church? And so what they did was they put earth into that. I am prophetically declaring over somebody's life that the enemy has put l- put mud over everything that has the potential to give life into neighboring situations around you, into people around you. The enemy has put mud. But what did Isaac do? What did Isaac do? Huh? What did Isaac do? He did not sit there quietly. He understood the power of having a well, a source around you. He was not worried that, oh, you you, you, you you, covered that well. You know what? I am out of my business. I can do anything. He did not worry about the opinion of people. But what he wanted to do was dig another well. Dig another well. I'm about to dig another well, which becomes a source for my crops to yield more fruits in due time. I'm about to dig. Now, I mean, that's why I have a problem with churches. That's why I have a problem with people. You know, once we encounter a failure, we settle down. We always think that I can't do anything better than this. I cannot go anything above that. It's okay. If one well doesn't work out, that's totally fine. You are in the hands of God Almighty who is the source of our life. Dig another well. Prepare another area where God can actually bring out life into those situations. Now, Isaac, for Isaac, one thing he understood was, yes, the enemy has put mud into what was inherited by my father, but I'm about to redig dig those wells. I'm about to redig those wells. Take the mud. It's not an easy job. It's hard work. Because you got to take your work into that area and get the mud out of it. What I have to make you understand here is, in the well, there is the source, right? All you do, all the enemy did was they put mud in the well. Once you remove the mud, what happens? The source is still there. Are you with me? The source is still there praise the Lord and that's what God was asking me to proclaim to our church some of us because we have not experienced a miracle in our life and all these years of prayers and fasting and all the things that we have done what has happened is because of all the junk of life has accumulated and it's almost like you know our wells have been filled with our wells have been filled with the junk of the earth around us but it's time for us to redig those wells because beneath that there's a source of life that God wants to bring out and then it comes out you are going to be blessed by that. When you sow seeds, it will be a blessing. It doesn't matter if you're in a land of famine, but if you're ready to redig dig those wells. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the story, when you read, you understand about how when they were digging those wells, again, they started prospering. They started being blessed and the king had to chase them away. But here's one thing about Isaac that I love. Wherever he goes, he will dig a well. Oh Jesus. Jesus. Some of you try to try to are trying to thrive without the source of a well. You can't do anything without being around the source that gives you energy to move around. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Amen. Praise the Lord. I am glad that this house is the well of God Almighty. Amen. Praise the Lord. Are you with me? I am glad that this house, this house is the well of God Almighty. And as long as you linger around it, you and your generations to come will be blessed. I declare in this house, you and your generations to come will be blessed if you linger around the well of God Almighty, which is this house of God. Praise the Lord. Anything that you do outside of this brings the curse over your life. Oh, Jesus. Anything you try to do outside of this connection will bring an eternal curse of your life. But if you linger around the well, the anointing that flows from this place, let me repeat, no matter you might be in a famine-filled land or you might be in a wilderness, it doesn't matter. But if you sow seed, it will bring forth fruit because you linger around the well of the Almighty God. A church is the well of God well of God, where the Spirit of God dwells. Healing, signs and wonders, prosperity, peace and joy flows out of this well. Oh Jesus, hallelujah. 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 Ezekiel will help us understand, out of the temple of God, a stream of river is flowing out. And wherever the stream goes, whatever area the stream touches, signs, wonders, And healings are happening people who are sick and deprived of their happiness, when they encounter this well, when they encounter this stream, signs and wonders are following them. Why? Because they are lingering around the well of God Almighty. Isaac knew one thing, no matter what he does in life, he has to do one thing for sure, that is to dig the wells of revival. I am repeating this message here. It is time Zion Church to redig the wells of revival, to redig dig the of conviction in our life, redig those wells. Redig those wells. It's time. Are you with me? Look at me. Look at me. Everybody. Everybody. Don't make me call out your names. Look at me. Look at my face. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. It's time to redig the wells in our personal life. It might be a season of drought. Might be a season of famine. But it is time for us to. Redake those wells. The Lord told me one thing. A couple of weeks ago. And he told me Pastor Justin. This is what, how he addressed. Through another man of God. Pastor Justin. Don't worry about what you speak. You speak. And it will happen the same way you speak. Into your personal life. Even if people are not receiving it. So when I speak. I am believing it for myself. You believe it or you don't believe it. I don't care. I believe it for myself that this is the season to re-dig those wells of revival. In my personal life, in my family's life, can I tell you something? If you as a family leader can make some convictions that we are about to re-dig those wells, something amazing is going to birth out of that situation. You might be in a land of famine where you have not seen a result for so long. It doesn't matter who stays with you, who doesn't stay with you. If you are ready to re-dig those wells, my friend, something new will come out of it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord when you read the scriptures you understand Isaac and his disciples, his servants started redigging those wells. What happens? first well that they dig there was a dispute that's the word they have, they have used. second well that they, they, they started digging there and it talks about there was a quarrel, there was a disagreement within the two parties that came against it but the third well. The third well that they dug. You know what the name is? It's called Rahaboth. It says, We have enough room right now. And I'm asking a couple of people to join in agreement with me. Join in agreement with me if we are ready to walk against the odds and let God know, God, here I am, here I am. I surrender myself and in my generation. I am about to redig some wells that my forefathers have dug, that my people in the past have dug. But I declare and decree an experience of Rehoboth. An experience of Rehoboth. An experience. I want you to go home and read those scriptures. Genesis chapter 26 is your homework for today go home and read it and understand those scriptures. Take time and read it. Don't just read it because you want to read it and have lunch. But take time and read it. And I pray Genesis 26's blessings over your life. I pray the blessing of Genesis 20. Can we all rise up in this house? Can we all rise up in this house? I pray the blessing of Genesis 26 over your family. I pray the blessings of Genesis 26 over your future generation. I pray the blessings of Genesis 26. Rehoboth. And the Lord has given us enough room. Every eye closed. Every eye closed. The Lord has has given us enough room come on turn to your neighbor and and pat on their back and say the Lord the Lord has given us enough room the Lord has given us enough room the Lord has given us enough room this is an experience of Rehoboth in the name of Jesus Listen to this carefully. I wrote it down so that I don't forget this prophetic word. Yesterday as I was meditating in God's presence. He told me. Mention it to my church. While the enemy was pushing you away. God was pulling you in. I don't know how many of you believe that. But we believe it for our family. Are there families here who agree with me? When the Jesus hallelujah. When the enemy was pushing you away. When the enemy was tossing you around, God was intently pulling you in. In his intention, he was not intending to harm you. When the enemy pushed you, God was pulling you in. Come on. Do you believe it? Do I have some people who agree with me? When the enemy was pushing me, Lord was pulling me in. The Lord was pulling me in. The blessing of Genesis 26 over your family. The blessing of Genesis 26 over your children. Oh, yes. You're about to redick those wells. You might be in a land filled with drought, but you're about to redick those wells. Lastly, the Lord told me to tell the church, if you are hearing this message, wherever you are, Or if there's somebody who's not in our church right now, I request that you hear this. This is what the Lord told me. Redig the wells of relationship in your life. Listen to this carefully. If you don't have a relationship with people around you, you don't have a relationship with me, is what God was telling me. Listen to this very carefully. If you don't have a relationship with people around you here, you are just a faking Christian and God does not see you. That is clear truth here. Reading those wells of relationship. When the river of God hits your life, when the river of God hits your life, jealousy has no room. Enviness has no room. It has to leave. It has to leave. The Lord was asking me to proclaim to our church this morning. Tell them, redig the wells of relationship around you. If not, a great curse will come behind you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for what you have asked me to say, Lord. I have just become the messenger of your words, your voice. I just became the messenger of your words. But I pray, God, as people redig those bells, and in Jesus' name, Father, they might be in a land filled with famine, but I pray by the blood of the Lamb that a fruit is going to come out of their life, a harvest. Is coming out of their life. Those who sow in tears are going to reap in joy. And that promise I release in this house. And I pray, God, that every single one of us who makes commitments and convictions to follow you, to rethink those wells in our personal life and a church life, I pray.